Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. All right, relationship goals. Good to see you guys here today. I want to welcome those of you tuning in online. Wherever you're tuning in today, thank you for being a part of the service. That's the first time I've seen some of you sing in church before. I don't know what it was about that one, but uh, hey, don't stop believing, right? Hold on to that feeling. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series, Relationship Goals, and uh, we're going to be looking over the next few weeks what it really means uh, to accomplish the goals hopefully we all have, that we all start out with when we enter into relationships, right? Because the, the kind of trending hashtag is when you see something uh, that you want or that you want to have, right, you see it in someone else, you go, man, relationship goals, like someday I hope to get there. And I kind of define this idea around the series as it's, it's something that we see in someone else that says, I want that or I want to get there. I want that for myself. I want that for my marriage. And, and I want to get there in my life. I want to get there in my relationships. But then we also have to ask the question, you know, well, what is that? Where is there? What is that that they have that, that makes that thing work? How, how did they get there? How do we get that? How do we get there? And I think this series will be relevant no matter where you're at in your relationship journey, but uh, just for the sake of, of uh, myself, really. But how many, of, how many of my singles do I have in the house that are just proud? Come on. You single, proud of it, right? Come on, raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Look around, everybody. Look around, everybody. We got chocolates for sale today. You can buy some of them, support the youth, and maybe get a date for Valentine's Day. Come on, right? But single is okay, right? There's a, there's a season in our lives where that's a great season. I was single until I was uh, 27 years old in life and in ministry. It was a, it was a great season of life that I enjoyed. Uh, but, but right when we're single, we have relationship goals. We see a couple and we go, I want that or I want him. You know, I, 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 like, I like that in him. He's cute. He's strong. He's funny. He's godly. I want that. I want a girl like that. She's fine, right? She can cook. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, I'm just, let me give you a piece of advice for single. She can cook is way better in 10 to 12 years than she is fine. Let me just tell you that, all right? It's way better. Uh, and, and he's, he's she, she's got some, her eyes, that smile, right? We, we see things and we go, I want that for myself. Newlyweds are engaged or maybe you're dating and maybe you're saying, hey, someday, hopefully we'll be like them. Someday we'll get there. We'll have that, the house, and we'll be in the neighborhood, and we'll, we'll move out of the apartment and get a house, and, you know, we'll, we'll get the children. We'll get all those things that we want, and maybe if you've been married a long time, you're looking back to newlyweds and going, man, how do we get back to there? Oh, to have that season again, and I'll just say this. Maybe it's this. If you want what, what, you, what you once had, maybe you need to start doing what you once did, right? Come on. It started a little bit different than it probably is right now. So we need some relationship goals. We need things to say, you know what, we're in this for the long haul. No one enters into a relationship thinking it's going to end. They enter into it with expectation and promise and hope of saying, hey, maybe this thing will go the distance. But if we want for better or worse until death do us part, we really need to make sure we set some goals and achieve those things. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at those things and how we can make those goals a reality in our life. But anytime I think of goals, I always think of work, right? Come on. Goals require work. 
Some of you set some goals uh, a few weeks ago. And because of the work required to meet those goals, the goals maybe aren't getting met. They say that the majority of people, I think it's 80% of them by midway through February, have already ceased the, the pursuit of their New Year's resolutions. Because it requires work. And as Journey encourages us, don't stop believing, right? Hold on to that. Hold on to that feeling you had. It's going to take some work, but we'll get there. So if you're single, it takes some work to become the one your one is looking for. And sometimes when we're single, we get so focused on finding the one, we forget about becoming the one. Because if you find the one without becoming the one that your one is looking for, when you find the one, the one will run. And so we focus on becoming who God wants us to be, finding our identity and security and purpose in Him, allowing Him to complete us so that we can be the one that our one is looking for. If you're married and you would go, man, it's just not working, I would say this. If it's not working, it's probably because you're not working. You're not putting in the effort that it takes to have a healthy, fulfilling relationship. We all want the passionate fire. We all want the the fairy tale, right? And there's a reason they call it a fairy tale, because it's a tale. It's not real, right? It's not reality, but we get these ideas and we want our spouse or this person to be something and the passion's not there, the fire's not there. And I'll just tell you this, if, if the fire's gone out, it's because you haven't been putting wood on the fire. You're not feeding the fire or you're maybe feeding the wrong fire because it takes work to make a relationship work. It takes work to keep that fire alive. You gotta chop the wood. You gotta build the fire. You gotta fan the flame and then you hit repeat. And you do it over and over again throughout the course of your relationship because you will always reap what you sow. You will always reap where you sow. And as we talked last month, the winning starts in building our lives on the right foundation. Winning in any area of our life. Investing where it matters most. Winning in our relationships and our marriages starts with building it on the right foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. And if you missed any of the winning series, I would just strongly encourage you. I don't always push a series on you like I probably will this one because it's just been. So it's not just important for your life. It's important for the direction of our church, as I talked about last week. And I would just encourage you to go back and catch up on that. Watch, watch those things. It'll be beneficial as you kick off this year and as we step into these goals and these things that we have, that the foundation always has to be Jesus Christ, that Jesus has to be at the center of all that we do, especially our relationships. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, if you've, if you've had any experience in church, this is probably a passage that you've heard preached before. It's a familiar passage. And uh, sometimes we can forget the, the first part of verse 5. But listen to how the Apostle Paul talks about relationships. Listen, he says, in your relationships. Say that with me. Relationships. Okay, so he's setting the groundwork. Hey, I'm about to talk about something, and this is all about your relationships. How you relate with one another. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset. Mindset is an attitude. It's a choice. It's a decision that Christ Jesus had. Who being in the very nature 
God, and some of you may think of yourself in your relationship as a God, but you are not. He was God. Do not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross, which just means the worst kind of death. So we know that Jesus did this for us. We know that he humbled himself and sacrificed himself, that he was God in the flesh, and yet he gave his life for you and me, a debt that we could never repay, a a, a gift that we could never deserve. That's what he did for us. And Paul says, in your relationships, and we would like to go, well, of course, he means like with the, peop- the other people who need Jesus, like my coworker, you know, or when I pass that guy who needs, a, who needs a few bucks, like, yeah, in my relationships like that, sure, I can love like that. I can be sacrificial. But he says, in your relationships, and that means your marriage. It means that we become sacrificial. And Paul defines love not as a feeling, but as a sacrifice. Love is about giving up your life. And so when you commit to a loving relationship, you are essentially, according to Scripture, saying, I give you my life. I'm going to put you above me. I am going to surrender my rights to you and put you first and serve you and humble myself, even when it's sacrificial. Because if you go into a relationship needy, right, and I see this happen all the time, and that's why I believe the divorce rate is so high, is because we enter into a relationship expecting that person to fulfill something in us that only God can fulfill. To be the center, to complete us, and to, to make us happy or fulfilled. And if we go into a relationship that way, you will always be a taker and not a giver. You can't love the way God wants you to love if that's the mindset that you have in your relationship. And so we have to change our mindset. And mindset is a choice. We know through the the Gospels that when Jesus was approaching the sacrifice that Paul talks about, that he said, I don't want to do this. He was in the garden begging God for a way out. But he said, I choose to put your will above mine, God. It's a mindset. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because he could see beyond it. He could see the benefit of the sacrifice. And throughout this series, and especially even next week, my hope and prayer is that you're going to see the benefit for yourself of what it means to serve and to love and to put someone else first. So it's a mindset. And we have to change the way we think. And that's very hard to do because here's the reality. We all have these things called hopes, dreams, and desires. Right? Hopes for our relationship, hopes for our made dream of what it's going to be like someday, and dream of the wedding, and dream of the fairy tale, and what it could be like, and what we'll have, and the expectation, right? And, and we have all of these things that, that we think are going to be the, the thing that fulfill us, and, you know, we think about money, and when we get married, we'll have this much, and we'll budget like this, and we'll spend it like this, and will we have an apartment? No, we'll have a house, and we'll have the children, and, you know, I'll, I'll be able to drive, uh, you know, a minivan. How many of you just, come on. 
Let me, let me just help you, right? If you're like an SUV person, like, I'll never drive a van, you don't even know what you're missing. <laughs> you don't even know. It. Once you go, you can't go back. I'm just telling you. We, just, just humble yourself, right? <laughs> Change your marriage. It really will. We have these dreams. I'm going to get to golf. Where are we going to spend the holidays, right? You have this expectation. I can't wait till I'm married and I can bring my kids to my parents' house. And then your spouse goes, no, nah, we ain't going there. We're going to my parents' house, right? Jess has been very gracious. She gives me all holidays except three, Easter, Christmas, and Thanksgiving. <laughs> Halloween, she's like, we can go over to your parents' house. I'm, I'm, that's fine. I'm going to love that. But we have these hopes, these dreams, these desires, and We get them from different places. So what impacts these things? How do we get them? One of them is what we've seen and what we've heard. You know, this Hollywood stuff that we watch and what we see, let me just be, if if you haven't heard before, it's not real, right? The notebook, come on. Like, seriously? I'd be like, you better stay with that dude. I ain't taking you back. Are you serious? You're torn between, if you don't want me, then have him, right? And, And the worst of all is the Titanic. Really? You just met this girl? And you're going to freeze to death and float to the bottom of the ocean? I'm fighting her for that raft. I don't care. I don't, I don't even know her. Uh, you know, my heart goes on. No, yeah, my life will go on, you know. I'm not going to freeze to death, right? I just met you three days ago, right? Come on. Like, it's not real. Can we agree, right? But we looked at this, and we've seen and what we've heard, and we base our own desires and hopes and dreams around things we've seen and heard. Also from what we've experienced. You've experienced things in your life that shape your hopes, your dreams, and your desires. And sometimes it's something we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid experience. I'll never put up with that. The way my dad talked, I'll never put up with that. The way my mom did this, I'll never do that. Or it's, I want to recreate something. I want what they, my parents had. You know, my mom was, she always had dinner ready when my dad got home. I, I, I want her to be my mom. I, I think it's going to be great. This is gonna, like we're trying through our experiences and what we've seen and what we've heard. We create these hopes, dreams, and desires. And what happens is, is at some point along the way, we take all of these things and we hand them over to our spouse. And we say, make it all come true. Make it all come true. Fulfill my dreams and and we look at them and we say, I'm counting on you to make my hopes, my dreams, and my desires come true. But whoever we hand this over to, it doesn't feel like hopes, doesn't feel like dreams, doesn't feel like desires. It feels a lot like expectations. It feels a lot like a weight, a burden, like a homework assignment. That I need you to be this to fulfill me. You see, expectations are the strong belief that something will happen or will be the case in the future. And we, we attempt to recreate or avoid something from the past. And attempting to do that in our relationships transforms your hopes, your dreams, and your desires into expectations. Can I just be honest with you? Nobody likes expectations. Nobody likes to feel responsible for making their spouse, their partner's dreams come true, right? It's not what God intended. 
In Matthew 19, 4 through 6, Jesus is actually speaking on the topic of divorce. And, and he says this. He says, have you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, haven't you read the scriptures? They record from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. Jesus is referencing Genesis chapter 2. He says, the two are united into one. And since they no longer are two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. (coughs) I use this pretty much in every wedding ceremony that I perform. And it's beautiful, isn't it? What God has joined together. Let no one tear apart. These two beautiful lives merging together into one happy, fulfilled, ever after dream, right? That's what we say. But anyone who's been married knows that's not really how it goes. The great poet Howie Day said it like this. He said, even the best fall down sometimes. Even the wrong words seem to rhyme. Out of the doubt that fills my mind, I somehow find you and I collide. Do, 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 right? You and I, right? Listen to what Jesus is saying here. This is essentially what God is saying. He's saying, the two will come together. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the word collide, when we collide together, it doesn't sound beautiful and smooth and easy. It's a collision, right? It's two drastically different people with different experiences trying to avoid, trying to recreate, trying to merge their lives into one. And it can be rough and it can be ugly. It can be very difficult and challenging when two people try to merge their lives together, when worlds essentially collide. A few things can happen when our worlds collide. The first thing that we see and why statistics tell us over 50% of couples end in divorce is because when worlds collide, we can clear out. As my Duck Dynasty friends would say, he gone, right? They gone. It's over, right? And that's what happens. We go in, our worlds collide, we have expectations, we have dreams, hopes, and desires, and they collide with someone else's, and we go, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I can't live up to your expectations. You want me to be your dad? Are you serious? I can't be that. I can't fulfill what you want. I can't be who you want me to be. And what happens is, is we just leave. We go, this is too hard. And we take our hopes, our dreams, our desires, and essentially what we do is we go and hand them to someone else. And we go, you're going to be the one to make my hopes, dreams, and desires come true. They couldn't do it, but you'll be able to do it. Some of you, maybe you haven't physically left the relationship, but emotionally you withdrew a long time ago. You cleared out. I can't be it. I can't do it. So I'm out. The other thing that happens, we have conflict. If we clear out, if we stay, we have conflict, we fight. We try to convince the other person that, that our, our expectations are legitimate, that they're, they're, not, they're founded on, on truth and that's factual, that you should be this, you should do this, and we argue and try to coerce and convince and manipulate our spouse to be who we want them to be. So there's conflict and there's tension and we fight and we fight to be right, we fight 
to get our way. And as we know, that won't last for too long. We also can conform. We become someone that we're not to compensate for someone who won't accept us for who we really are. And that works for a little while, especially for the one who won, who you conformed for, because it keeps the peace. It even works for you because it keeps the peace. At least we're not fighting. I'll just do it. I'll just give in. I'll just submit. But when we do this, what happens is is we lose respect for our partner, and really our partner loses respect for us. It's not what God wants. The last thing we can do, if we don't clear out and we don't have constant conflict and we don't conform, we eventually just compromise. And this isn't always a bad thing, but what happens is, is we just kind of figure it out. I'll do my part, you do your part. We're equals here. I get that. But you do your part, I'll do my part. And what happens is we start keeping score. Instead of a covenant relationship, it becomes contractual. You do for me, I do for you. But if you stop doing for me, I'm not going to do for you. If you don't do your part, I'm not going to do my part. You guys following me a little bit? Like we compromise. and So hey, as long as you're keeping up your end of the deal, I'll keep up my end of the deal. But compromise is fueled by commitment to the relationship and not the person. You hear people say this. How's things going? I'm committed to my marriage. I'm committed to the relationship. God wants you to get to a place where you're not just committed to a a contract, you're committed to the person. I'm committed to them. And when you have that mindset shift, it changes the way you approach your marriage. It changes the way you approach the relationship. Because compromise will work, but can we just be honest? It's not that much fun. And it's not very fulfilling. And I believe God has more for you. You see, expectations can often create this debt-debtor relationship. It's, it's kind of essentially what compromise is. I did my part, now you owe me. I did this, you wanted this, you had this expectation, I met it, now you better meet mine. This debt-debtor. And what happens is, is we keep really good track of their debts and not so good of our own. So then there's tension. Then there's resentment. I'm doing more than you. I'm holding more weight than you. See, when you just have expectations that are being met, right, you just go, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what my dad did. That's what my dad did. That's just what a husband does. That's what a good wife should do. And how much gratitude do you express for people who just meet expectations? It's very minimal, right? You see, we rarely express gratitude for what we've come to just expect. And gratitude is this. It's, it's wow. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect you to do that. I'm so grateful for you doing that for me. And what that does is it fuels healthy relationships. Gratitude is what fuels health, healthy relationships. And you go, well, it is my expectation. Like, think of this, like, I expect, I know I use this because it's important to me, but I expect my wife to have dinner ready as soon as I walk in the door every night, right? Which is an unrealistic expectation, and I don't place it on my for the sake of example here, right? So when she does that, I just go, I walk in, I go, oh, good. Did what I thought you'd do. You're a good wife, right? So even though I, I change my mindset, it's a choice. Remember, mindset, it's a choice. I come in, I go, whoo, 
Girl, what is that? That smells good. Babe, thank you. You've been slaving all. Thank you for making this. I did not expect this. this. Thank you, babe. I love, thank you so much, right? It changes, right? Guess what? If I approach it like that, tomorrow dinner's going to be even a little bit better, isn't it, right? Not that we do it for that, you know, but, <laughs> but we go, wow, thank you, right? You see, owe you, owe you eliminates love you. When you owe, it eliminates I love. When I go, you owe me this, I never show appreciation. I never go, I love you for this. Thank you for this, right? And so owe you eliminates love you. Expectations removes the opportunity for love to even be recognized or appreciated because you're just meeting the mark. And God has way more for you than that. The band's coming, and I'm going to close out, and I know I'm kind of just laying the groundwork here for weeks ahead. I'm going to leave you hanging on some stuff today. Because I know there's the reality of, well, I, I still have my hopes. and I still have my dream and my desires. Like, what am I supposed to do with those things? How, am I just supposed to keep all of this to myself? And I would say, no, not in a healthy relationship. There's going to be communication. There's going to be talks around what you expect and, and what you're hopeful for. But the best way to keep your hopes and those dreams and all those desires from becoming expectations. And remember, expectations are a responsibility. It's a burden. I'm expecting you to make all of this come true doesn't feel good in a relationship. And so to keep what you want and what your hopes are and what your dreams are from becoming that in your relationship, healthy couples... Couples that we look to and go, goals, relationship goals, I want to be that, I want to get there. They all answer this question the same way. What do you owe me? Nothing. You don't owe me anything. I'm changing my mindset from you owe me to now I owe you. No, I owe you. I owe you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. Choose to think about it differently that Christ had for you. And you're going, well, Kyle, you don't even know what's happened. They don't deserve it. The debts are stacked high. They've done this. They've done that. How high were your debts when Jesus forgave you? Mine, countless. In your relationships, be like Jesus, so even though you were a sinner, you deserved nothing from him, he gave everything to you, expecting nothing in return. And this mindset shift when it comes to our relationship is I owe you everything and I expect nothing in return will change the dynamics of your relationships forever. And next week I'm gonna talk about this idea of mutual submission. Because it takes two. But I'm telling you this, even if they don't right now, you still have to. Because that's what Jesus did for you. And if you want it to change, if you want it to be different, it starts with you, not them. And I know what you're thinking, like, come on, preacher, that's not realistic. Nobody can do that. 
no one can do that. And I would say this, you're right. In the natural, in the flesh, you can't do it. But Jesus said, what's impossible with man is possible with God. It is possible. When your relationship, when your life, when you go winning for me isn't winning in my winning for my life, winning for my family, winning for my relationship is saying my life is built upon the foundation that Jesus has laid. He is at the center of all that I do. And because Christ was willing to come and die for me, because he was willing to take on my sin, to offer me grace, to offer me mercy, to serve me as a servant, man, I'll do it for them too. It's not about them. It's about him. It's about you and what he's done for you. And Christ said, when you approach it through that mindset, when you have my attitude, you can, you will. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new command I give you. This was a new idea. The Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Whatever they do to you, you do back to them. They owe you, now you owe them, right? It's owe me, debt, debtor. That's how it used to be. Jesus said, no, 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 I got a new thing. It's brand new. He says, love one another. And we go, okay, I can do that. I can love I can love someone who loves me. He says, no, no. As I have loved you, you must. No wiggle room. You can, when they do, you do. When you feel like it, no, 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 no. If you are mine, if you're following me in your love, in your marriage, in your relationships, as I have loved you, you must love them. And then he goes on, he says, and this will prove to the whole world that you're mine because that is different. That is foreign. That is not of this world. That is not natural. That's supernatural. And it is possible with God. Paul goes on, he says, so follow, in Ephesians 5, follow the example, therefore, as dearly loved children. You are loved by God. Remember how much he loved you. And walk in the way of love. Choose to walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see Christian couples, and maybe you haven't really fully gone all in with Jesus, and maybe that lets you off the hook a little bit, but if you are a Christ follower, saying, I identify as a Christian, I embrace the the values of Jesus. As Christian couples, the ones that we look to and say, I want that, I want to be there, they put this idea into the center of their relationship, and it's this right here. Every day you ask the question, How can I outdo you? How can I outdo you? It's a submission competition, and we're going to talk more about that next week. How can I serve you more than you can serve me? How can I love you more than you? How can I outdo you? How can I prove to you how much I love you? And when both people do that, it's a game changer. And it may take some work to get there. You may feel like it's impossible given what you've been through, where you've been, but I'm telling you, with God, anything is possible. Impossible is nothing for God. It's not in his vocabulary. Anything is possible. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 37, or 26 through 27, I wanted to close with this today because I know some of you, I know you've been through difficulties. You've got a lot of walls built, scars, and 
things that have happened and there's just difficulty and challenges when it comes to trust and love and all these things. But listen to what the prophet Ezekiel said. This was God speaking through him and he told those people who were away from him. He said, and I will give you a new heart. Some of you, that's just what you need God to do. You need God to essentially just give you a heart transplant and say, God, this thing has been so damaged. I need you to do something new in me. And he says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit inside of you. He says, I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. I'll put my spirit in you so that you'll be able to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You see, what's impossible for you to do on your own is possible with God. You get this idea of almost like a surgeon saying, I'll do something new. I'll, I'll do the work. I'll transplant something new into you. And in any time you have surgery, right, you, you always sign that, that letter of consent saying, I give you permission to do what you need to do, to save my life, to bring the healing that I need. And this whole series, it starts right here. It's not about them. It's about you. It's not about what your spouse is doing or not doing at this point. God is saying, it starts right here. You and me, your heart. Because if I can do the work in your heart, if I can do what I need to do in you, all that other stuff, man, I'll handle that too. But let's start with you. He says, I can take out that stony, that stubborn, that hurt, the scars, everything, that the debts that you've stacked up, and he can go, let me do my thing. And it may not happen overnight, but if you allow the, the surgeon to do what he needs to do, I believe you can have the heart that you need to have so that you can have the relationships you want to have so that you can get there, you can have that. We gotta quit pointing the finger anywhere else this morning. We gotta point it right here. Say, God, what do you need to do